Welcome to the first ever episode of Cultural Capital, the podcast. I am your host, Armand Madani, and today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite movies from 2019, Uncut Gems. It's a bit of a controversial movie. It's not for everybody, but I personally really like the chaotic, degenerate economics of its main character, Howard Ratner, played by Adam Sandler. This movie really made me want to break down the bets that are placed on Celtics Sixers games by the main character and break down the behavioral economics of Howard as we watch him unravel throughout the film. So stick around. We're going to dive into all of this right here on Cultural Capital. It is worth noting that there are spoilers in this episode. Howard, where's the money right now? It's on the way right now. It's on the way to the casino. What, what the fuck are you money. talking about, Howard? We see two means of funding for Howard in this movie. One is by taking out what is effectively a payday loan of $100,000 from his brother-in-law, Arno, to invest or speculate in a precious black opal. Uh, this is an uncollateralized, unregulated loan. A great idea to take out this much money from a family member um, and that is being collected on throughout the film and the second mean of funding is pawning jewelry let's make it quick $21,000 seven percent big and I want you to know said you'd be back Friday if you're not back Friday it's my ring I don't bring it back Friday I'm a dead man so all right do we have a deal all right deal Mazel. we don't know the exact terms of the loan that Howard has with Arno but we can expect that Howard has at least promised to double Arno's money or give him 20% in this instance of the Black Opal. So he's down about $200,000 with our assumptions to Arno. Pawning is pretty interesting. Uh, we see Howard pawn two items. One is a Michael Jackson The Weekend Cross, a controversial piece, and another is uh, the Celtics Championship ring, which Kevin Garnett gives him. Usually the way that pawning works is the pawnbroker will give you 40 to 70 percent of the item that you are pawning and will expect uh somewhere between a two to usually not two but two to 25 percent interest over the course of one month but the loan is collateralized so if you default then the pawnbroker keeps the uh the item with the loans and the pawning with the vigs on top of the pawning we can say that Howard is easily down, generously even down, $250,000. So while this is the amount of debt that Howard may owe, in his mind, Howard may still be up because he expects the Opal to be worth a million dollars. So he's, in his mind, up 750 k still. I want to make a six-way parlay, Celtics, Sixers game. What's the line? Still plus one. Plus one, okay. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. Garnett block shots. Celtics opening tip. Do you take lightning bets? Yeah, but you don't want any part of lightning bets. Fine. Come on. $1,000 a point, okay? Take this. So now we need to talk about Howie's bets. Howie makes two bets in this movie, both parlays and one lightning bet. So for the first bet, it's a six-way parlay on the Celtics beating the Sixers. And the way a parlay works is each independent wager, like the Celtics winning or Kevin Garnett getting more points than anticipated, has to occur in order for you to get paid out anything at all. So all six of the independent wagers are combined together, and they all have to happen. 
The first bet includes the Celtics winning by at least one point, Celtics winning at halftime, Garnett having more points than projected, Garnett having more rebounds, more blocked shots than projected, and the Celtics winning the opening tip. And this one is particularly degenerate because that's basically just a coin flip that endangers the entire parlay. Well, I'll tell you what I know. That's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. We know from the movie that the odds of this occurring are 15 to 1 uh, because Howie screams it at Arno uh, right before uh, he is uh, put into the trunk of his car. Howie also makes a lightning bet. Do you take lightning bets? Yeah, but you don't want any part of lightning bets. Come on. $1,000 a point, okay? So he placed a $1,000 lightning bet on the Celtics, which means for every point above the cover, which is one, that they win by, uh, Howie will get $1,000. If they lose by uh, the same amount, you will lose $1,000. So this bet would have paid out $600,000, more than enough to cover Howie's debts, and it has a 6.25% chance of actually happening. But of course, this bet was called off, and some extra cash and jewelry was taken from Howie. So maybe his debt burden is down to about 138 0.8k but the perceived losses are racking up in howie's mind because he felt endowed with that six hundred thousand dollar bet paying off the first bet that howie makes is just about break even in terms of its profitability if we look at the expected value. The same can't be said for the second bet that he makes. So how he has just gotten 165K or 155K from Kevin Garnett for the Opal, well below the 1 million that he expected. Again, racking up the perceived losses. I paid 100 grand. Okay. So you doubled your money. I'm the joke here, all right? I got fucked. A million dollars is what I was supposed to get. I get a fucking what? Made 65 G's? And now he is betting on another Celtics Sixers game, this time for Kevin Garnett's combined points and rebounds to be higher than anticipated, the Celtics to win the game, and of course for the Celtics to win the opening tip. Given that the payout is $1.2 million on a $155,000 bet, we know the odds are 8 to 1, and the implied probability is about 11%. So the expected value here is 11% times 1,229,000 plus 89% or 1 minus 11% times $155,000, which is negative 2760 <laughs> And this is where Howie becomes a great example or case study for behavioral economics theory. Famous economists and psychologists like Kahneman and Tversky and later Richard Thaler, who you might be more familiar with from his cameo in The Big Short with Selena Gomez, have written about how humans perceive losses much more strongly than they perceive gains of, of equal magnitude. And that's where Thaler's performance really does shine through uh, towards, you know, mid-late part of the film, I did feel like we were spiraling and feeling Sandler's pain from these perceived losses. But then towards the end, he has lost so much in his mind from the value of the Opal not panning out. 
and not hitting on the first bet because Arno canceled it, uh, that he becomes more risk-seeking and is desensitized to this risk of loss. That's how you feel. I know you do. So look. Let's fucking bet on this. Let's bet on this shit. I'm fucking gonna bet all this money on you tonight, kid G. We see this super high emotional variance in Sandler follow the losses and perceived losses that his character is incurring. So if you're looking for a chaotic, degenerate film that has some grounding in behavioral economics, uh, go check out Uncut Gems. Uh, this was a great first character to dissect. Next week on Cultural Capital Podcast, we will be breaking down The Joker from Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. If you enjoy this content, please consider subscribing. It would really mean a lot to me. Thank you all, and I'll see you next week.